Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Don't you worry, men. I have a few ideas. I have not spent time here idly. You take me to this man. If he is any harder to handle than the village council with their backs up, I will eat this coat. <laughs> Nynaeve, Chapter 43, The Great Hunt. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my friend Tracy. Oh, excuse me. I'm here with my friend Amber. <laughs> and this is the road to Tarvalon. A Wheel of Time podcast. podcast. That's us. I was I was waiting for Tracy to start laughing again. Well, I'm sorry. I don't even know what was funny. The way you said, I'll eat my coat. Like, it was perfect. It was perfect. I'll eat my coat. Yeah. Today we are going through chapters 41 through 44. I think we have one or two more episodes of The Great Hunt left. At least. We'll see. Yeah, because I think we have either four or five more chapters to finish. But regardless, yeah, yeah, regardless, things are heating up. We are in Falma now. We've got many groups <laughs> meeting. Mm -hmm. So chapter 41 is called Disagreements, and it starts out with Rand's posse of Shinarans and Matt and Perrin and Loyal and Baron, and they're riding in the rain, and everything is sad, and everyone is tired, <laughs> and everyone is wet, and Varen is, like, staring into space like a weirdo with the rain dropping all over her because she's lost in idle thoughts. Yeah, like, her cloak has fallen back off of her head, and she's not even noticed. Just staring at the sky. Yeah. What are you doing, Varen? She's probably thinking about merge all staked to uh, walls. Yeah. I was I was thinking of like merge all taxidermy because that <laughs> seems like something that she would probably be into. Anyways, she moonlights. I was gonna say she like hangs out in the Tarvala library and has like her own room, like makes everybody stay away. No, it's probably somewhere in the basement. Like Ooh. I'm getting very Dr. Frankenstein vibes. Very. Very Varen. That's, that's how I see Varen. I know. I love her. She creeps you out. <laughs> She's a weird little woman. Mm -hmm. That's why I like her so, so much. Rand asks Baron if she can do something about this rain, and she's like, oh, probably I could, but, you know, channeling and don't want to give our location away if there's any anyone out looking for channelers and she can do a little something but not to the extent that they had probably hoped so the Sean Chen are still on the lookout and the group has to be careful so Rand's party has learned from some villages that they have passed through that the Sean Chen have been leashing Aes Sedai and riding around on terrifying beasts yay <laughs> So they pass villages that have been cleared of all living people, leaving, leaving, leaving Huron. <laughs> cleared of all living people, leaving Huron to suffer the stench of violence that's happened there. In one village, they take shelter in an empty inn. 
the group speculates that the Shanchen are responsible for the extermination of these villages, mm -hmm. and Huron's nose pretty much agrees with that statement. So what I what I had underlined was Huron had vomited as soon as they entered the village, and he would not go near the blackened ground. Yeah, it's they're scorch marks. Yeah. They keep finding these empty villages, mm -hmm. so Kieran's not a happy camper at this point. No. No goose mint for him. So in this village, they take shelter in an empty inn. After they're talking about what's happened in these villages, through Varen, we get some exposition on the descendants of Arthur Hawkwing, mm -hmm. the Shan Chen. Mm -hmm. We've done a YouTube video about mm -hmm. it, so if you want a more in-depth look, go there. Mm -hmm. So Huron has them <laughs> go and find the leftover clothes that are left in this village mm -hmm. as a way to disguise themselves. And regardless, they look like a bunch of soldiers. Yeah. I don't think anything can really do much about that. Matt looks ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And they make a plan to expand their search for Pot on Fane's trail, but something is pulling Rand to Falma. Mm -hmm. So Rand goes to sleep in his little abandoned inn room, and wouldn't you know it, he has another Baalzaman nightmare. He calls Rand loose there, and he says, I've faced you a thousand times and a thousand times again, and the wheel will never stop spinning, and the shadow will rule. <laughs> and Rand is like, okay, dude. Okay. <laughs> so he reaches for Sidine in the dream, but Baalzaman tells him to stop because he'll burn himself out, and he needs to live because he wants to teach him, mm -hmm. and the wheel is holding him captive age after age and oh my god this is so tedious but Alzaman <laughs> he lays it on thick so Rand wakes up I was gonna say he's a bit of a broken record yes so Rand wakes up and he sees tendrils of smoke in his room and then these like charred fingerprints on the chair mm -hmm. so was it dreams was it reality we don't know this is a that's a weird one that concludes this chapter, but I I do want to say that I think I do think that Baalzaman wants to lose, mm. and in doing so, end the world forever, and himself. Yeah, like he's done. Mm -hmm. He just wants to watch it all burn before it ends. Yeah, I think, especially you if know? he's done this thousands of times and remembers it. I mean, that's so, I feel like that's just, like, so Roadrunner, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, how many times is this dude going to get beat down, run over? Right. Fall off a cliff. Things like that. Yeah. <laughs> An anvil dropped on his right? head. I mean, yeah. how? it just, it, it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And Rand is his ticket out, is what he thinks. And this is, this is how I think. I don't know if this is, no, I think, you know. I think you're onto something. Just from this chapter, how this Baal Zaman nightmare went, mm -hmm. that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. But again, Baal Zaman is not the most forthright person. He could be just saying things. Well, what, there were a couple lines in, in this chapter that actually kind of go along with that. Like when 
Yeah, it's quote like he what's he saying from the dream mm-hmm. is like when Rand said like calls him the dark one and his reply is oh and denies his own name. He says you honor me and belittle yourself. So like what exactly does he mean by that? Like I think the belittling part we can kind of understand because if Rand is denying the fact that he's loose there in Kinslayer, he's denying the power that everyone knew loose there and kinslayer possessed and the other thing that he does is offer rand teaching like he's like i can teach you this has happened again and again but i mean at this point i'm actually really impressed with rand i'm not i don't you know what i'm going i just think these these nightmares are i mean what's what's he gonna do like this dude keeps creeping into his dreams and it's more it's more the fact that Rand is feeling this draw to Sidine. He wants to channel more and more despite knowing what he can potentially mm-hmm, do to mm-hmm, himself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what he can do to the people around him. Like he is scared that he is either going to die or kill everyone he loves without meaning to do it. And Bowsman is offering him a way to get out of that happening. And so much of what Rand does is to, like, protect the people he loves. No matter how, like, scary the dreams are and how scary his reality is of being a male channeler, I I just can't ever see him cozying up (laughs) to a grade-A lunatic like Baalzaman. I I agree with you. He does not come across as, like, the most charming of individuals. He could he could have these really quaint little dream time meetings and be amiable and be like, hey, like, I want to talk point. to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's going about it the whole wrong yeah, way. Yeah, everything is a nightmare. God, how much yeah. different would it be if they, like, just set up in that little tea room that Moraine's in in season one of the show? Yeah, just like just hang out there. Cup of calf. Yeah. Like, make himself look charming. Like, right. No more burnt face. Yeah. Like, what? Who makes you're fr- going about it the whole like who the makes wrong friends way. with flame eyes? <laughs> <laughs> no one. Okay, so no you, one. your point is made. I hear you, and I think I agree with you. I just feel like Rand being like no mm-hmm. is pretty like an obvious choice i guess i don't know yeah but anyways rand is being pulled to this location Mm -hmm. to falma and again like i interpret this as the taviran spider web you know pulling him along and again his goals getting the dagger to save matt and stopping fane from his new threat Mm -hmm. of hurting the people of the two rivers yeah and that this is actually in this chapter is the first time that rand reveals that that is something that Fane has told him. And so, of course, that shakes Matt and Perrin as well because that's their home. That's their family, too. So now we have just one more downer for everyone to wallow in. Hooray. These are some dark chapters. They really are. They kind of like... It's okay. I get it. So chapter 42, I always say Fome. So just so everyone knows, it'll be wrong. But that's how it is in my head. We're going with it. And I actually, you know what? Thank you so much for giving me this chapter. I think you gave me the best chapters this week. 
I liked the Bale Delman one. Did you? So. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Because I was like, oh, these chapters, they're so good. So thank you. I had so much fun. So we are with Nynaeve and Elaine, and they have been in Falme for weeks, and they are doing their best to go unnoticed because, of course, they are women that can channel in a place where they are all are um, pairs of Soldam and Domine anywhere they walk. So they're trying to be careful, but this is Nynaeve and Elaine, so... <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Nynaeve does become momen- momentarily, excuse me, momentarily distracted when she sees someone who looks as though they might be Pod and Fane, and she tells herself that it can't possibly be him, and I understand where she's coming from, but really, Nynaeve, so many weird things have happened, and you don't think that that's possible. Elaine goes ahead and steals some apples, and she says she used a trickle of the one power and I, I actually wanted to ask you a question about this because they're standing right next to each other, right? Like Elaine and Nynaeve. Yeah, they're at a like a, a fruit vendor mm-hmm. or a, you know. Like a little stall that's yeah. got like fruits and whatnot on it. With Nynaeve not being able to channel when she wants to, does that mean that she cannot feel when another woman is channeling? Because... Hmm. Probably, this is probably just an accident. Okay. I, I just didn't know because it would kind of make sense if, like, the block blocked everything. And, I mean, maybe this will get answered later on. But, um, yeah. Elaine uses just a little bit of the power. She steals some apples. She's like, we should get the heck out of here before this guy notices. And Nynaeve's like, you're right. And so <laughs> I like that Elaine in this in this conversation shides um Nynaeve because earlier Nynaeve thought that she could remove one of the collars from a domine and use the one power to do it and it attracted people to hunt for them for like three days is that right like yeah, they were stuck for a while, and they couldn't do a whole heck of a lot about it. So the Soldam Domine are looking for women who can channel actively, not just Nynaeve and Elaine. Their safety is definitely in question. And yet they go and they sit outside the buildings where all of the Soldam and Domine are because they're on the lookout for a queen. They want to save her. They want to find men, and so far they have not seen either one of them. So they sit and eat their apples, and Nynaeve is doing her best to make a plan. We get a point of view switch that goes over to Aguine, and she is in her tiny, sparsely furnished room, and she's attempting to channel at the collar that has her, like, bound to the Adom, and... As she's doing this, it's starting to make her feel kind of sick. And then there's a knock on the door, and it's Min. Min comes in, and they have a chat. A queen, or so, Min comes in. She's wearing a dress. It's Sean Chen cut. And I really find the statement, everyone has a place in the pattern, and the, pla- pa- the place of everyone must be readily apparent. So no more no more clothes, no more uh, coats and breeches for Min. Aguine is too valuable to be used just to blow shit up at this point. There is a ship that is being sent back to Shanchen in the next few days just to take her. And she is in a state of despair. 
She also shares with Min that two Aes Sedai have been captured. Min's reaction to this is like, they can help us. And Egwene is like, no, they're giving up. They are crying. Rima, the one Aes Sedai, was saying that she would take her life if she could, but she doesn't even have that option any longer. So they have this conversation. Min says she sees more for Egwene through her like her visions and whatnot. And Egwene is like, well, yeah, maybe the Shanshan will just take over the whole world and that's how I'll see everyone later on. So not very hopeful. Who's it? Rena? Rena the Suldam, who does the majority of Egwene's training, enters the room. She takes the bracelet, slips it on, and immediately knows that Egwene has been channeling when she is not supposed to be. So she tells Min that it's time for Egwene's training, and part of that is renaming Egwene. She will no longer be Egwene, she will be Tuli. And the next time she comes, that will be her name. So Min leaves, and of course as she's leaving, she hears, I think it says, the first piercing cries of Egwene being punished. Yeah, it was a, a punishment for channeling. Mm-hmm. When Rena comes in, she's like, oh, you've been channeling. Mm-hmm. I think I'll call you too lenient. Yeah, she's like, I've been too lenient with you. You need to yeah. You need to be renamed. I think this chapter, something became clear to me. And I don't remember what recording, if it was the last week or the week before, but we were talking about clothing. Mm-hmm. Where they had gotten their clothing from, if it was a stipend from Tarvalon, but it it appears from Egwene's point of view that this is all from the Lady Amalisa. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Min is wearing her, was wearing her breeches, mm-hmm. her her usual kind of, garb. Her slacks. Yeah. Yeah. Nynaeve and Egwene have some nice dresses from Amalisa. And of course, Elaine being Elaine, she's she's got some finery. Yeah. Yeah. She probably came with some jewels and whatnot, too, because, you know. Elaine. Yeah. The chapter ends with Min leaving and crying, understandably so. And as she's leaving the building, she hears her name called out, and it is Elaine and Nynaeve. Yay! That actually happens in the is next chapter. Is that in the next chapter? Did mm-hmm. I jump ahead? I did. Maybe. <laughs> But that's okay because that's okay. Chapter chapter forty three. So, Min hears her name. It's Nynaeve and Elaine. Yay! Yay! <laughs> she she explains that she made plans to escape on a ship with Captain Bail Doman, mm-hmm. and Egwene will be taken to Shan Chan. Nynaeve and Elaine are obviously trying to hold back their emotions. Men can see it on their faces. So as this is going on, Men has a viewing of Elaine and Nynaeve. In Nynaeve's viewing, she sees a man's ring of heavy gold. Mm -hmm. And in Elaine's viewings, she sees a red-hot iron and an axe, which she interprets as trouble Mm -hmm. in the future. So... They have a chat about Bail Dolmen, and they go to the Three Candles Inn to meet up with this captain. So, 
It appears Lord Turok has taken an interest in Bail Dolan and sends for him every few days to talk about old artifacts, which to me is hilarious and awesome. All I can think of is not like, fun for Bail Dolan, no, but Turok has his own like, version of antiques. Roadshow. Roadshow. Sean Chen edition. Exactly. That was actually what I wrote in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for stealing my joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's so, our joke. We share a brain. So it's yeah. our joke. So Bill Doman is really scared because of these Damani. He's seen what they can do. He's seen them take control of other ships on the sea using these women wielding the one power. And here a plan begins to unfold. Nynaeve exposes her great serpent ring and and tells Bail Doman that he can have something even better than a Damani Mm -hmm. because Bail Doman doesn't think that he can get his ship, the Spray, away from the coast without being pursued by the Shan Chen. Mm -hmm. He cannot run a Shan Chen ship. Mm -hmm. The ring that she shows him is a great serpent ring, and it's on the same cord as Lan's Malkiri signet mm-hmm. ring, and Min recognizes that ring right away from her viewing. Mm-hmm. They tell Bail Doman that for the next few days, he needs to be ready to set sail when they say so in an instant. And Nynaeve is kind of just giving it to him like this is what's going to happen this is what we're going to do you need to be ready yep and she's kind of put her foot down and bill doman just he doesn't back out of it i don't think he can she's browbeaten him we're good yeah Yeah. so good job naive yeah bill doman agrees and he is telling them that he's seen what these Shan Chen do to Aes Sedai, specifically a woman named Rima. And he tells the women, who he now believes are Aes Sedai due to Nynaeve's trickery, to be extremely careful. Yeah. So they leave, and Nynaeve says that she's still got two problems that she needs to work mm-hmm. out. And that's how the chapter ends. Mm-hmm. The capture of the Aes Sedai that Bail Doman shares... It, it hurts, you know, like the idea of another person being captured by other people and then being subjected to all of the horrible things that the soldom do to the Domine. And it, I imagine that for anyone of the Westlands seeing an Aes Sedai taken down, like, that's not supposed to happen. You know, even like... I don't agree with her, but someone like Lyandron's like, no army can stand against seven full sisters. I disagree with you on that. And I think this is another spot where it just shows like, no one's safe. Well, if, you know, if they have other channelers working for them, but technically I would, I would probably agree with Leandrin, even though on the TV show. It didn't go so well. Yeah. It didn't work out for her. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I really, like, I don't know. And there are so many other chapters in this they, series that, like, show how Aes Sedai can participate in battles. What we've seen in the TV show versus what we're given in the books, I feel like in the books, even the lesser the less strong channelers Mm -hmm. 
are viewed as much stronger than the TV show, I feel mm-hmm. like. I mean, ex- no. I mean, I'm just thinking of certain things that Baron can do. She's not incredibly strong. Yeah. But, but there, she can do some cool stuff. Yeah, some very complicated things as well. So, chapter 44. Five will ride forth. This is another chapter I really like, so thank you. So, Perrin, Matt, Hurin are part of the groups that have gone out to see where Fane has gone. And they have come to a village where people are getting ready to leave. And they, I think Hearn has picked up Fane's trail. He's like, he came through here for sure. He's on his way west, definitely off to Fall May. Perrin and Matt are like, that's great. Let's go. And as they're starting to head towards their horses, there is a column of white cloaks. Heading, t- Yay. <laughs> heading towards the village. And this naturally freaks Perrin the fuck out. And so he's like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> and the White Cloaks come into the village at just the right time for Joffrey Bornhold to see Perrin. So we go from Perrin's point of view, he leaves, we switch to Joffrey's point of view as he comes in with the white cloaks and recognizes, oh, yeah, that's Perrin. He doesn't say anything about it to anybody, though, does he? Like, I don't, I don't, rem- I don't think that he ever mentioned seeing Perrin to anybody, which I think is kind of interesting, but at the same time, he's got so many other things to worry about that it's completely understandable why that would be, like, very low on his priority list. So his plan has been to keep as many soldiers with him as possible while making the questioners think that he's following their orders and not alerting the Sean Chen. So he's playing sneaky, sneaky guy. And he tells Child Buyer (laughs) that he is not going to participate in the battle, that he has orders for him, he needs to go to Pedro Nial after this happens. Bornhold has a bad feeling about this. And then, I think that section is that, we switch back to Rand. So we go to Rand's point of view. He is in the encampment with all of the soldiers. He's working the sword forms. Ingtar is like, why are you doing that particular sword form? It leaves you wide open, blah, blah, blah. I'm working on my balance. Right. Good defense of yourself, Rand. Um, But he's anxious. He wants people to come back so he knows what's going to happen next and as if by magic pair and matt heron come into the clearing they have found fane they know where they're going now they need to figure out who goes and does what so varen's been sitting kind of quietly drawing in the dirt as she does she doesn't have a pen and a notebook there's always a stick and dirt nearby so they determine that it is going to be Rand, Angtar, Matt, Perrin, Huron. Is that right? Perrin, Matt, Rand, Angtar, Huron. Yes. That's the yeah. five. Yeah. So those are the five that ride forth. Rand had noticed that when Varen was drawing in the dirt, what she had drawn looked like a wheel with five spokes on it. 
and after it is decided who is going into Falme, he looks at the drawing and realizes that she has drawn the wheel broken and scratched out one of the five spokes, which bum 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 ominous feeling and that's I'm pretty sure that's where the chapter ends for that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't as bad as the other one. <laughs> spoilers. Do we go to spoilers? Absolutely. Absolutely. First off, okay, actually, before we go to spoilers, oh, yeah. did we mention Nynaeve seeing, thinking that she saw Pot and Fang? It did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I spaced out. No, it's okay. Me too. While I was talking. <laughs> I, I mean, I read the chapters and I have to hear them again. Right. And sometimes I'm just like. I get it. Staring into space. What if we. So. What if we come up with something different for The Great Hunt? You mean the book that we're already reading? What if we do something different for The Dragon Reborn? <laughs> <laughs> what if we reread the entire Great Hunt and do this again? Is that what you wanted to do? Why don't we just reread the books entirely? <laughs> Maybe if you just do it in character voices for Oh my me, god, no. I would be the worst at that. Hello, friends. It's time for a new ad. There's so much happening in the Wheel of Time world, and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. If you would like to help, rate us wherever you listen. This helps other people find the podcast. You can also join us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help create the show by joining us on Patreon. We have four different tiers with perks ranging from shoutouts to bonus content to merch not found in our Threadless store. Speaking of the Threadless shop, it's absolutely bursting with beautiful Wheel of Time designs and various items to put them on. Need a Wolf Brother t-shirt? It's there. A first sister pin to send to your bestie? we've got them how about a white tower dropout sweatshirt you know amber made one the point is we love the wheel of time you love the wheel of time go get some merch that shows it you can find links for patreon and our threadless shop in our show notes one last thing you guys are the best your support means the world to us thank you for being the amazing people humans sentient creatures that you are and keeping us company on the road to tarvalin I do not do Tracy. Let me let me hear your grom. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. I do a very good grom impression. <laughs> Apparently, I do pretty good seal barking. You do. So. We're so talented. There's so See, many. What things. are you saying? You can't do character voices. I guess I was. I wasn't expanding my range as far as it could mm. go. Mm-hmm. Shame on me. Shame on me. I can do anything. So. Spoilers. spoilers. Chapter 41, Disagreements. Perrin questions why Fane brought the horn here. And Ingtar responds that there are always men who see chances for their own advantage Mm -hmm. in the confusion of war, which I'm like, that's rich. Um, Fane is one like that. Mm -hmm. He doubts, he thinks, to steal the horn again from the Dark One this time and use it for his own profit. So, I mean, after reading this, I'm like, Ingtar knows what to say because he's 
maybe feeling a little bit self-conscious about his own goals for greatness and using Projection. them. Well, yeah. Was he maybe wanting to use the horn for his own advantage? Probably. I would say definitely. Yeah. Like, especially if, like, for him, and I mean, well, we can get into this at another point, too, but, like, he became a dark friend because he didn't see any hope of being able to actually hold back the blight. And now he has the possibility of calling back heroes from the Age of Legends, which he could then take to the blight and push back the blight. And so he, to me, I think he sees this as like a form of salvation. Like, he, if he can get the horn, if he can do something to redeem himself enough for all of the terrible things I am sure he had to do as a dark friend, like, I, for me, I feel like that's why he's so, so focused on it. And then Baron responds, it may be that he wants Fane to bring the horn here for some reason only known in Shale Ghoul. Mm -hmm. And I keep going back to chapter 34 when Fane meets Lord Turok. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Turok mentions the possibility of him being able to meet the Empress mm -hmm. himself, mm -hmm. Fane kind of has this change of well he's full of many changes truth truth <laughs> yes but he starts to become very focused on meeting the shanchen empress yeah he even like when Nynaeve sees him <clears throat> she notes that he's wearing a shinar and cut overcoat or something and like also observes that the majority of people around them, like, no one had adopted the Shanshan fa fashion. So he's... You said Shinaran. Did I? Oh, mm -hmm. I meant Shanshan. So he's wearing a Shanshan cut coat. And that is not what, like, the local people have done at all. They've just kind of, like, stayed as they are. So he's very much mm -hmm. trying to ingratiate himself with Chirac so that he can have access to this Empress. Oh, fame. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the Arid Hall connection. Mm -hmm. Like, he has to get in close mm -hmm. to nobility, to a nation's leader, yep. and then he does all of his damage. Yep. So if he gets access to Tuan, mm -hmm. I mean, the Shanshan are already... Pretty awful. Yeah. So can you imagine <laughs> what would happen if oh my God. he employed his... Wormwood technique, you know, being this even... poison that he is. What would happen with armies of channelers at his disposal? I don't even think he would have to, like, hide who he was. I think he could be every bit as ruthless and manipulative and deadly as he would want to be. And the Crystal Throne would be like, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean... We have that moment where it's like the Empress encourages competition to make sure that the strongest gets to the throne. And so I just don't think he'd have to hide the fact that he's good at that. You know, he'd fit right in. He's perfect for it. It's terrifying. I just think that he would turn the Shan Chen in on itself. And yeah. then having channelers... You know, how many different 
Damani are out there? How many how many women do they have as weapons there in Shanchen right now? That they could just like, destroy themselves. Right, oh, exactly. Okay. See, my focus was like on Shan Chen global domination and him being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were saying Arid Hall. He like, like, because when we see it in the show, those huge, huge walls, like, and everyone, everything inside just gone. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wild. Interesting. I mean, he could possibly just take over and become high lord whoever right yeah who knows what his what his mentality what he's got going on right now that he wants to do but i almost feel like just sowing chaos and destroying the nation from within would be fun Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. him yeah wow i have i have like spinoff ideas now like playing in my head like big what if (laughs) What, what if this would have happened? That's an incredible notion. Really scary. We get so excited mm-hmm. about meeting the Empress, yep. and it's he can barely stop. Yeah. He can barely stop himself. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if he could, he'd be like a little kid, like jumping up and down and kind of like moving his hands, like <laughs> jumping from toe yeah, to toe. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm excited, Empress time. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and Lord Tuak is like, do you need to use the bathroom, strange man? <laughs> I always like that Fane thinks he's, like, hiding his intentions, and he just can't because he's crazy. A really fun character. I'm excited to see more of him in the TV show. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, Johan Myers, he's he's great. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about a lot of things. So, chapter 42, Falma? Oh, uh, let's see here. Okay, so this is potentially just a mistake, but during Egwene's time as a domine, and she's talking with Min, and Min's like, I don't think you're going anywhere. I've seen visions around you, and... She says that they include Galad, the light blind you for a fool. And men's visions always come true. Right? So what is the vision that she has with Galad? Because does anything ever happen with him after this point? Other than like... Egwene was supposed to end up with Galad. Oh. So this... And Robert Jordan changed it. Oh. You know what? I probably knew that, and it was, like, just forgotten. So that should have been more, like, that probably, if it would have been rewritten, knowing that Gowan would be there, it would be Gowan instead. Interesting. Huh. That's my take on it. Yeah. That makes much more sense. If Min knows that someone's connected to something, it just always comes true. Like, it feels like it's one of those things that we get to rely on throughout the book. Can you imagine if Egwene ended up with Galad instead? I don't think she would have burned herself out. Me neither. She would have ended up with Rand's stepbrother? Half-brother? The most beautiful man in the world, apparently. I mean, she could have ended up with Rand easily enough. Yeah. And, I mean... So many... It's just... it's So many mirrors. (laughs) It's so set up through... I mean... Galad meets Egwene, and he's like, hey, want to go for a walk? 
Want to hang out? Has anyone seen a Gween lately? What's going on with a Gween? And every time a Gween like hears about him, talks about him, she like, all like girl giddy about mm -hmm. him. Like, it's just it's always been like a baffling thing that it it switches to Gawain. It changes a Gween's whole story. Like, even when Min says he's so good, he would make you pull your hair out. I think that that's the perfect man for exactly Gwen, to be honest. Exactly. She needs that. She didn't need hot-headed, vengeance-seeking Gawain. She needed somebody who saw things in a black-and-white way, the way that Gala did, because for her, so much was gray. And so I think they could have been able to, like, help each other out so much more. And I think we would have had a very different ending to the series. Really? You think Egwene is a gray character? I don't think that she is a gray character. I think she lives in a very gray world and recognizes it and is looking for the best ways to find balance. Like, she knows about the Black Aja. She knows that there are good people. She knows she has to walk a line between letting people know that she knows and not. Like, what she becomes as the Amaralyn is so much more than what any young woman should ever have had to deal with. And she does a really good job of it because she has people helping her. And I think in that instance, Gawain is not a good helper. She even knows it and pushes him away several times. Had it been Gawain, I think it would have been very different. I think that he would have, like, respected her, tempered her, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm seeing, like, many different things play out. Absolutely. That's just one of the problems of having, you know, an expansive imagination. You can see so many things in so many directions. <laughs> Ugh. It clutters my head sometimes, but I do enjoy it. So I did notice, and I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it because – like I mentioned, I raced to the end of this book, like to get to the end of the book because I just think it's so good. And so I don't let some of these moments really sick, like sink in the way that they have since we've been reading this. And I think this whole Aguin chapter is really setting us up for the need for the Horn of Valir. Like, and not even just that, but like when from Bornhold is talking about like what happened when they encountered the Shan Chen and what they are going to be facing. He knows it's a powerful force that they're going up against. Elaine at some point mentions that like when the Shan Chen first landed, they were faced by more people, so they're outnumbered, outpowered. But then of course they have the Domine and they use them. They blast everyone away, and now they're sitting pretty in fall may so there just feels like there's no force available to take out the shan chen at this time so i feel like we're getting set up for like matt reaching for the horn and blowing it and then we need to push these people back um the other thing that i thought of with this is that they picked a really good location to land like the shan chen yes yeah because this particular area, everything, like these little villages are kind of like their own independent mm -hmm. governments. Like they're just little city states, if you will. So there isn't like a central government over everything. So you don't have mm -hmm. 
an army. You don't have like powerful lords with expansive militaries that can come in and help out. So they're basically on their own. Like when those poor villagers get attacked, there aren't soldiers there. There's no one to defend them. This was easy. This was easy. Yeah. There's other villagers from other villages who haven't been attacked mm -hmm. who just piled everything up in wagon carts and went to Falma because it was safer for yep. them to go where the occupation was versus being in the line of fire yep. if the Shanshan show up on their door. So, yeah, because they were doing that systematically and without any kind of pattern and like that one section where Hearn comes in and throws up the moment that they walk in, into the village, that's not the first and only time that that happens because, well, it might be the first one, but it's not the only time that that happens when he's encountering what's left behind after the Shanshan have been there. Like they are ruthless. They rule through fear. And that's like, like you said, it's better to be close to your enemy in that situation than it is to be far away from them. And there's no one coming to aid these poor villagers. So what choice do they have? Yeah. It's kind of like Elaine gets so upset. Like, they should be fighting back. And Elaine or Nynaeve kind of feels that way too. But she's like, what, what can they do? What can they do up against women who can channel and people who ride monsters into battle? Like, what can anyone do? I think... Yeah. I think if they had not been pushed back, they would have probably swept as far as Camelin before there would be a unified force that could stop them. Because I was looking over the map, and the majority of the Western nations are not mm -hmm. powerful, cohesive, pulled together, and that doesn't really happen. Like, we don't have the big nations until we get to... Ander, Kyrian, Tyr, Ilian. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have taken over a huge swath of the Westlands before anyone would have been able to stop them. That was that was a fun little ramble. How'd you like that? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I just, good. I, I just thought that that was really interesting. I like when we get to dig into things a little bit deeper because it does show, like, what Robert Jordan knows and knew and the people who worked with him to, like, create these books and, like, Yay, fun stuff. <laughs> I think you had a spoiler for this one too, right? I did. Just Yay! basically Elaine and Nynaeve together. I really enjoy it. I just really enjoy it. I mm -hmm. I love the naivety of Elaine and I love Nynaeve being somewhat of a leader mm -hmm. again. Mm-hmm. She really shines. I feel like she obviously doesn't have it all figured out. She is being a bit... She's not being as careful as she could be, mm -hmm. clearly. Mm -hmm. But again, all of the things that she's doing revolves around trying to figure out how to get Egwene mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. So I can forgive her for doing <laughs> things that might seem pretty like bad ideas mm -hmm. 
But I also am just thinking forward to all the adventures that Nynaeve and Elaine are going to have together, and I love it. They are such a good combination. Yeah, they are. Nynaeve having that experience. I mean, she has real-world experience. Elaine, mm, not so much. She's not very street smart. Oh, gosh, no. But she sure does, like... Her idea of wanting an adventure, her like, there's, there's a part that that's coming up soon in the book where they release the Domine and the Domine runs away, and as they're running, Elaine's like, "Good for you!" and I'm like, <laughs> "Elaine, shut up!" <laughs> but she can't help herself. That's who she is. Like, she's she's reckless in a way and refined and like, I don't know. I really enjoy Elaine as a character. I think it's fun too, and I and I like that like dichotomy of having the strong, poised royal noble <laughs> who she likes to cuss, she likes to learn swear words. Yep. She she does have some grit to her, and yeah, she is reckless, but she also can be very posh and likes mm-hmm. to take baths, and she's just fun. I agree. I, I like Elaine more and more each time I read the series. I I love Nynaeve, obviously. She's probably one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's interesting having these two women who do come from a place of authority together because you think that the dynamic would be them bickering the whole time and not being able to get anything done and each mm-hmm. one trying to assert their authority over the other. Mm-hmm. But Egwene is pretty chill with taking a back seat most of the time mm-hmm. and when Igu- when Nynaeve hasn't thought of something Egwene is oh my gosh Elaine is, is or there Elaine? okay yeah <laughs> Elaine is there to kind mm-hmm. of like drive again <laughs> like mm-hmm. if Nynaeve starts to direct like derail the situation Egwene has Elaine has her own she's way smart. of doing things she is yeah and I think, too, like, just her channeling a trickle just to steal some apples. It's it's just really, it's, it's kind of comical and it's fun. Mm-hmm. I also think, too, that this whole moment is really interesting because you have Nynaeve who's not eating. Mm-hmm. And Elaine is doing this to kind of, like, I think, force Nynaeve to eat. Mm -hmm. And we know that Nynaeve doesn't have as much money as Elaine does, and she's being a lot more careful with her spending. Mm -hmm. But I also am not sure if that's just her wanting to be frugal or if she is just too eaten up over the idea of Egwene suffering. Mm -hmm. And... Well, it makes me sad. Yeah. I think that this chapter itself was okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan for the torture chapters. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is what it is. I'm glad that it's not explicit, that it's more... I'm going to take that back. I'm glad it is not repeatedly explicit in any way. Like in mm-hmm. this one, like this chapter, it's just she hears a queen screaming as she's leaving, so we know mm-hmm. it's whatever's happening is not great. And then later on, 
we get more detail about what it feels like to be on the other end of it, like when Nynaeve is holding yeah. the bracelet. I think I also don't love these Egwene moments is because mm-hmm. I know like who she becomes and what she ends up as. Mm-hmm. And it she I think she could have gotten there without this being her theme. It's, I don't know. Well, and I mean, how is a TV audience going to respond to a second capture for Gwen in season two? Like, that's back to back. It feels like... Well, for that, I don't think it's so much of a problem because she you don't was... don't think so? It was like 15 minutes, you know? That's true. Like, that's it's not true. like we're going through chapters of imprisonment it's yeah and i mean they don't they don't go through the same things with her in the the show as they talk about in the books where it sounds pretty miserable so the tv show skews time for me because everything is so fast-paced and fast forward and fast traveled yeah where like one episode could be taking place within months but Mm -hmm. you know we only see 10 minutes of something happening so yeah. it doesn't really drive home the the amount of time i guess yeah no that's a really good point it's true so chapter 43 a plan yeah oh all of my jokes i've already said <laughs> i love that turok takes Beldomon around to look at his antiquities men's viewing of elaine uh-huh being in danger doesn't make a lot of sense for me. And I don't see anywhere where that comes back in later on. Like, me neither. It's not Millar because he huh. uses like a hunting knife. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it just like maybe this is one of those things where this sounds silly, where it's like tarot cards. So, mm-hmm. like, certain things represent certain things. So maybe this is something that when Min sees it, it's not necessarily that this is going to happen. It's just that she is in danger and this is how it's mm-hmm. being shown. Yeah, my my gut reaction was having something to do with Perrin because obviously like a hot iron would be like a forging Ooh, tool yeah. that they would use at the forge. Mm-hmm. And then an axe obviously is Perrin's weapon of choice yeah yeah Yeah. interesting yeah i really didn't i really didn't know on that one maybe it just means that elaine's gonna be a mechanic (laughs) (laughs) they started adding shop class to her etiquette (laughs) classes (laughs) she she rolls out under carriages Oh my gosh, the spinoff that I didn't know I wanted. She would totally do that. Yeah, she would. I, and I, that that goes along with her Terangriol making mm-hmm. right. ability. She is a she's an she engineer. is a mechanic of, yeah. of of sorts. She's I'm gonna really enjoy reading her more slowly. You probably flew through most of her chapters. I fly through a lot of chapters. Like Skimming is the name of the game for me a lot of the time just because I don't have a lot of time. It's why I appreciate getting to do this because I get to do it slowly. You know, I get to think about it. I get to see it in... And then you just read ahead anyways. 
I usually don't. I have not done that once since we started. And I was like, I just, I know all this sounds and I want to read it so bad. I won't ever do it again. Um, <laughs> I did get The Dragon Reborn and I, I didn't realize I didn't have a, a paper, like a book book copy of it. I have it on my, my Kindle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ordered it. I ordered it so it would be like this style because this is my favorite one. But now they release them with the sticker, the Amazon sticker. I even oh, ordered it used no. because I figured if I ordered it used. Let me see. What malarkey. Yeah, it says soon to be, oh, soon to be an original series Prime video. And I, like, I opened it. I went, God damn it. <laughs> I was so mad. That sucks. Yeah. The stickers I, I, are awful. I How even, and you awful. can't, this is not one that you can take off that's, like, fucking printed on the fucking book. My collection is ruined, Amber. It's ruined. Just thanks, Jeffrey Bezos. Right? I mean... I even bought it used. I was like, if I buy, if I buy one of the older print ones, it won't have this. I wonder if. Okay, sorry to cut you off, but <laughs> but I think you need to. <laughs> Is it that time? Yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> Thank you for sharing in my anger with that, though. I mean, seriously, I appreciate that. Is there anything that sticks out in your head besides like making mul- multiples of the fox head medallion? Were there other ones that she? She should have crafted Rand like a Trongreal hand that works with his nerves so that he could use it like a cyborg. That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. Right? Yeah. I don't know if she creates anything original or if she is like working on creating copies of things that they have and they know how to use. And I think it's primarily the dream Trongreal that she works with, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. So, I mean, I figure she's got at least a couple hundred years as an Aes Sedai. There are all kinds of things Elaine can potentially figure out. I love that, like, her and Avienda matched up. Like, Avienda can pick up objects and be like, this does this thing. And so then if she can figure that out, then Elaine so can be cute. like, I can make one. Aww. Let's have matching everything, Avienda. <laughs> It's like every Tarangriel is like a friendship bracelet where like one has one has one half and the other has the other. They create all kinds of choden call. Oh, what if they made them like little statues of each other? Oh, right. This Elaine's is... would be like so voluptuous with mm-hmm. her apple lips and her bosoms. <laughs> Isn't that what Avienda is saying when uh, her when, hips so round? Yeah, yes. where Rand is like, wait, no, what? Please, please stop Just telling stop. me what Elaine looks like in the bath. I'm, it's hot. I'm already flushed, and now I'm blushing too. Please, <laughs> I can't wait for the shadow rising. That is like, that was my first favorite of the Wheel of Time series. Like, I liked it, and I read through it fairly quickly, but it really wasn't until the Shadow Rising that I was, like, deep in it. It's like, this Shadow is Rising this is series. four, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're close. That's five. Pat- Fires Night- of Heaven. Five. 
Na- <laughs> knives, paths of fires and f- spring. By towers. By towers. Of midnight. <laughs> Death by towers. So spinoffs, renames. We've done all kinds of things today. I feel really accomplished. Trongrail hands. Right? That would have been so cool. It's yeah. I, I will never I will never change my mind about how I feel about Rand leaving at the end. I okay. new body, new hand, new everything. Do you think Amazon I mean, I don't mean this literally. Do you think they're gonna cut off Rand's hand? Are they gonna cut off Yasha's hand? You know what? I'm gonna say no. Like I and the reason He'll have I to think... wear a green screen glove for right seasons yeah like you would have to make him look like he doesn't have a hand and that would be stupid so what you're saying is you want them to maim him on purpose no (laughs) no no i don't want them to do it at all like i feel as though that switch at the end where rand becomes moradin i do not like that ending i feel like rand should stay Mm -hmm. rand and he should use everything that he's learned to work with all of the people that he has spent all this time bringing together to create what needs to come next. And instead, yeah, he was like, peace. He he has a walkabout. (laughs) You don't get walkabouts. That's what Land is always telling him. Duty is heavier than a mountain. Death is lighter than a feather. Duty. Whatever. He's he's got babies coming. He's got ladies who love him. Do you think they're like, oh yeah, for sure? Elaine's an independent woman with a lot of money. What does Rand have that she needs from him? To be honest, emotional support and connection. Sex. Okay, good point. I just I find it frustrating. Like, I feel as though we spend all this time with Rand and he's learning all of these things about how to be a ruler, how to bring people together. And Wouldn't then he it be just... awesome? Yeah, sorry for cutting you no, off. Please. But what if in the TV show, Avienda was like, I just wanted you to impregnate me because it'll give me a better standing for my heirs to be the heirs of the Dragon Reborn. So thank you for doing your duty. Now, goodbye. Interesting. That feels like an Avienda thing to do. I mean, Elaine. Elaine. That feels like an Elaine thing to do. But I, I would think like she, that, I think. I think she actually loves him. Like, that's the thing that I can't quite figure out. The only one of the three gals who really stands out to me as someone who loves Rand is Min. Like, she goes after being with him she will not say like she won't stay behind when he tells her to she wants to be with him and look over him and like she's always reading and trying to figure out stuff about prophecies is that love or yeah yeah i don't know like it's i guess it's a different type of love i think i think i think what i like i think it's she gets to show it like elaine and avienda have very different paths and responsibilities than men does it's like men men's love language men's love language is, is research no it's doing <laughs> rand's emotional labor for him oh interesting like she mm. i feel bad i mean i i appreciate men as a character but at mm-hmm. the same time 
she's not particularly thrilling to mm-hmm. read because, I mean, I, I feel bad. It's it, it just it's kind of one of these olden timey tropes of like the woman has to be on the side to do all the heavy emotional lifting mm-hmm. for the man who needs help. And it's, you know, it's something that's ingrained into women. Like, be there, stand behind your man. And mm-hmm. like, I think she's great, but at the same time, it's almost as though his life is, like, she doesn't have her own life mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, everything is consumed, like, with the dragon reborn. And that's totally fine. Like, she has... She can choose that for herself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's her choice to mm-hmm. make. And if that's what she wants, then you do it, men. Like, yeah, you for go sure. for it. But at the same time, I don't think that just because her working on behalf of Rand's trauma makes her love him any more than Avienda or Elaine, it's just different. I mm-hmm. think with Elaine. She has everything she needs. So, mm-hmm. like, she's a little bit easier to just, like, do what she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Avienda, that's tricky because she's the one that kind of, it's like, she she almost doesn't want the relationship, but I don't know. I mean, Min says that she didn't want it either. She's like, I like educated men and handsome tall men and, like, things like this, blah, 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 and... She's like, you're not what I wanted, but I don't have a choice. And that's the other thing that I don't know how I feel about is, like, not having a choice to love somebody. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. It does It does definitely take away, like, a certain amount of independence for all three of the women involved. Like, mm-hmm. Avienda's stalking through the waste, like, telling Rand what Elaine looks like in the bathtub like this is part of her trying not to love him at the same time you know like she knows how she feels about him but she's doing everything she can to push him away because he belongs to Elaine and it's comical but also frustrating (laughs) yeah it is it's it would be interesting to rewrite this particular part now versus mm-hmm. when it was written like 30 years ago roughly yeah so. absolutely i'm really curious to see what the tv show is gonna do but i also understand that any changes are going to piss people off if you make men not this person that sits on like Rand's lap and <laughs> reads with him i can live without like, that well i mean i think that that's Let's let's be honest here. Men love men. They That's love true. her. Yeah. But I think it might be possibly because she is that ideal stereotype mm-hmm. of what, you know, what, you know, your grandmother would say that a young woman needs to be, you know? Right. Like it's this yeah. kind of outdated like stand behind your man. And she also has the ability to whip out knives at people, which makes her cool. Like, that helps, There's that, too. Yeah. Like, the, the air of danger to a woman seems to be highly appealing. Yeah, but I don't think that, I mean, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? You know what? I, I like men, too. So, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with her for season two. Like, we see her leaving Faldara episode eight. She's 
getting the fuck out. And I'm wondering, like, is she going to show up in Tarvalin? Like, where, where does Min show up next that she ends up <laughs> where she ends up? This is true. You know? She, I mean, it, she was, she has a, she has a person cast as her aunt, I think. Oh, interesting. So backstory, so. possibly? Or she just goes to stay with her aunt in, like, a different mm. city because Faldara got run down, taken over, exploded, mm-hmm. destroyed. Interesting. I'm thinking about what Min looks like in the TV show and then trying to, like, see the transition from that to, like, this Sean Chen dress and then also the other outfits that Min progresses <laughs> I mean, do you see this woman sitting on Rand's lap? I do not. No. I don't. No. I don't think same. it's going to happen. I think I think she'd be- be better at like lounging and observing almost McGiddian-ish where like she's piecing things together cuz like one of the reasons why she does things like that is so that she can stay in a room where Rand is. And she observes mm-hmm. stuff while it's happening. So I would rather have her do stuff like that than be, like, draped all over his lap or whatever. It yeah, just feels I would like weird. To see some, I would like to see some good substance with men. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want her just to be all snark, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I think we have that possibility. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it happens. Is there anything else for 44? Did we – are we done? Oh, there is a moment where Nynaeve mentions to Min how seeing her in men's breeches made her think that maybe she wants to wear men's breeches. And I was like, all right, trendsetter. (laughs) Nynaeve, who is the most picky person about Mm -hmm. what type of clothes she will wear, is talking about wearing pants. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is an appeal to pants. Like, that's why. Tracy's going to tell us the history of pants i mean i could but i'm not going to um i think i think dresses are the way to go obviously but i could also see the appeal of pants i've i've worn pants most of my life i get it isn't that weird pants are okay just okay everyone knows tracy doesn't wear pants ever ever She's she's always bottom nude. <laughs> you know. It's comfy. Oh, shyster pun. <laughs> Is that what it would be? Shyster pun? Mm-hmm. That's German? No, that's the old tongue. <laughs> Is it? I thought you said... What did you just say? <laughs> Is it shy or shay? I don't really... <laughs> It means, woman, it means woman who has sex in the old tongue. Don't How ask. do you know that? <laughs> I love that you know that. <laughs> I didn't um, look it up. I, should we put that, should that be the name of the episode this week? It can be. It can be. You'll have to write it down for me. Or I'll have to look up stuff about the old tongue. I think my brain is fried. <laughs> Chapter 44. Is that where we are? Mm-hmm. Cool. I think the only thing that I really had for this, and maybe I should have more, but uh, it's just the prophecy 
that goes along with Varen's behavior. And it says, five ride forth and four return above the watchers over the waves shall he proclaim himself bannered across the sky in fire. And I couldn't remember if that's something that had been brought up earlier in the book. I, mm-hmm. I kind of tried to look to see if like there were any references to that outside of the chapter's like, name. Yeah, yeah. And I really didn't find anything. But it does have that whole ominous feeling that one of them is not coming back and so i feel like that is partially obvious when shirted inktar (laughs) yeah they did yeah they did but the whole like he shall proclaim himself over the watchers of the waves like that felt kind of spoilery like even if it is prophecy because that's pretty much exactly what's going to happen in the next few chapters is we have this big battle. Rand ends up in Skyland Battle Zone. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> so I just merged it together and I heard Sky Zone. <laughs> Sky Zone Battle Land. You could do it either way you wanted to. Um, but yeah, like, I love when prophecy comes into play. I just never know if it's a spoiler or not. But Vera knows it. I actually don't care at all about prophecy ever. Yeah? Don't. No? Not no. a prophecy person? No. Mm-mm. I like no. it. I think it's I think it's the way that it's written that it feels so close to, like, what we would see as biblical, you know? Like, the parallels between creating a savior prophecy that so many other groups of people have created for themselves. I think that's what I like about it. It's... I guess I don't like it unless the prophecies all turn out to be wrong, 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 or (laughs) grossly misinterpreted. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. If you're giving people prophecy up front, it's like, oh, well, this is going to happen. So unless, like, there's a huge twist where, where things maybe completely misinterpreted, then it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I guess I know how the story well yeah that's why that's why i didn't want to like say anything in the spoiler free section was like does this ruin something for anyone because i don't want it to the end of the book is so good like i don't want to spoil that for anybody but i am really eager to get to it get through it and be done with (laughs) the great hunt i want I'm excited to do some more 101s before we go into the Dragon Reborn. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. 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 We've Patrons, uh... if you're listening, there is a post up now mm. for requests for our patrons episode. So if you have not left a request or a comment or a like on someone else's request, go do that so we know what you want to hear. Please do that. And that, that would be really helpful. Up. Yeah, I'm good. 